The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Good morning, Springs Church. Welcome to all of you who are online. Grace and peace to you. On a damp and windy day in Oxford, England in 1954, a young med student named Roger Bannister attempted to do something that no one had ever done before. Up to this point, no one thought it was possible for a human being to run a mile in under four minutes. The mile world world record was first accurately recorded in 1850 and ran in something like four minutes and 20-something seconds. In 1886, the record was set at four minutes and 12 seconds, and that stood until 1915 when it was broken, but it still wasn't even close to a four-minute mile. It wasn't until the 1930s that the pace for the mile really accelerated. And in 1943, a new world record was set at 401. Yet into the 1950s, there was widespread skepticism as to whether it was actually possible for a human to break the four-minute mark in the mile. But on May 6th, 1954, Roger Bannister ran four laps around the track and he crossed the finish line at three minutes, 59.4 seconds. Roger Bannister was able to do something that no one thought was possible. It seems like we live in impossible times. I mean, in the age of COVID, it has driven us back to being online, at least for a little while, and that's not ideal for any of us. We've been consigned to wearing these masks when we're together, and I hate wearing these masks. And it seems like that mask will be in our future for some time now, and I don't know if I can handle it much longer. We also have gotten used to social distancing, and I, for one, am one that loves when I'm with people to hug them and shake their hand. I miss it, and I don't know how much we can handle not being together in that way. And there's also been cancellations. I mean, if you're like me, much of your Thanksgiving plans got canceled. If you're like me, most of your travel this year and maybe even next year is canceled. School events are canceled. Sports are canceled. Everything seems to be canceled. And we're just tired. There's something that's been talked about, COVID fatigue. We're tired of talking about COVID. We're tired of hearing about COVID. We're tired of masks. We're tired of cancellations. We're tired of social distancing. We're tired of lockdowns. We are just tired. It seems like we're in an impossible situation. And if you're like me, you're tired of it. We're in the season of Advent, and our theme for Advent this year is Restore. And Advent is a time where we prepare and we hope for the coming of Christ. So our text this morning is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 4 through 9. Our Advent text reads like this. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech 
and in knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. And by him you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul at the beginning of his letter to the Corinthians says this. He says, you have been gifted every spiritual gift that you need. In fact, he listed two. He talks about you've been gifted in speech and in knowledge. About a week ago, I was having a conversation with a good friend who is a believer, doesn't attend the Springs, but he's a good friend and he's a believer. And I was telling him that my wife, Kim, is, had just taken an assignment. In fact, she just left this past Monday. Last time she took a nursing assignment, she was in New York City with over 8 million people. And on Monday, she went to Syracuse, Kansas, that has 1,800 people. She'll be there about four weeks. And I was telling her, him about this. And his response was, you know, during this time of the pandemic, I've been thinking a lot about perspective. So we got in a conversation about the pandemic of, 18, uh, of 1918 through 1919. And we were talking about that history. And I told him I've been reading quite a bit on that, about the history of the pandemic in 1918. It started in March, and while there was lots of confusion and not many people knew what it was or how to treat it, it kind of went away a little bit in the summer months, but then the second wave came back with a surge in the fall and on into the winter. There were super spreader events like that happened in Philadelphia where some, I think, 20,000 people were affected by that super spreader event, by the influenza. There were mask man ma mandates, and there were also arguments over whether they should wear masks or not. There were lockdowns, and there were also protests. Schools were canceled in certain parts of the country. Sports were canceled. And even church in many areas of the country was postponed and canceled. And they didn't have the luxury of meeting together online, so they just didn't go. And so we talked about this, and we talked about the perspective that we could gain from this event. While the pandemic is, has its own uniqueness in 1918, there's still some perspective we can gain from that event. But as we began to continue talking about this, he said, but the other thing I wonder in terms of perspective is that I wonder what we're going to be talking about in 10 years from now. I wonder if we're going to be talking about this or that or what our lives will be like in 10 years. And it got me thinking about perspective into the future, and not just any future, but I think what Paul is urging the Corinthians is that God's future. While the speech and knowledge gives us perspective, this speech and knowledge about the testimony of Jesus gives us perspective to what God has done in the past, it, always, it also gives us perspective into what God is doing in the future. God gifts us 
with perspective. And in this season of Advent, the perspective that he gives us is this, that God will restore his creation. So it means this. One day, we, we have this perspective now that one day when Christ returns, God is going to restore all of creation, which means this, no more sickness, no more death, no more worrying about loved ones, no more loneliness, no more cancellations, no more fatigue. For in the Advent season, we wait patiently in hope for Christ to be revealed and for things to be restored. And God has gifted us for situations just like this. He's gifted us with the perspective to wait patiently until all things are restored. And we can wait patiently because God has gifted us with perspective. But I know some of you are saying, but Ben, wait, I don't know if I can do it. Perspective or not, I don't know if I can endure this. And in verse eight, chapter one, verse eight, it reads this. Paul says, and God, he will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. The other thing that God does is that while he gifts us with perspective, even if that that can't carry us through, he says, I will also strengthen you so that you can endure. And maybe that looks like this for some of us. Maybe it looks like the kind of encouragement that you get from members of our church family, either through a phone call or a text, maybe an online meeting, or maybe a social distance meeting in your, on your back porch or in your front yard. Maybe it's from family members. Maybe it's them, your immediate family in your home that strengthens you to be able to endure seasons like this. Maybe it's a call from a loved one or a Zoom meeting. Maybe it's a visit. Maybe for some of you, you are strengthened in order to endure through prayer and scripture, meditating on God's word. And maybe some of you or some of us are strengthened in order to endure by not what we receive from others, but what we go and do for others, the kind of assistance that we give, whether that is a visit, whether that's financial assistance, whether that's emotional help, whether maybe it's just spiritual help, maybe it's just praying for others in your community, in our community, that they may endure. I don't know how God will strengthen you. I don't know how God strengthens me in times. I know that he does this, but I don't know how he always does this. But one thing that I do know is that he will strengthen you to endure until the end when God 
restores all things. And we know this because of verse 9. Verse 9 says this, God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God is faithful. God is faithful that he will restore all things when Jesus comes back and he will restore everything to be right and whole and good. And we know that God is faithful that he will gift you with the kind of perspective that will help you endure. And God is faithful in that he will provide the strength for you and I and for everyone in our community to endure this, this time and this season. On May 6, 1954, with heavy winds and poor conditions, Roger Bannister did the impossible. After the race, Bannister said this. He said, I felt pretty tired at the end, but I knew that I was, I was just about to make it. I know that you're tired. I'm tired. But Advent reminds us that even while we are tired, we are just about to make it. And God is faithful. He has gifted us with perspective and he will strengthen us to endure. And so as we do every Advent season, we come to the table. And at the table, we're reminded that God is always faithful. And that when we take this bread and drink this cup, we're gifted with perspective. Not only perspective of what God has done in Jesus Christ, but what God is doing through the life of his people now and what God will do through Jesus when he comes back and restores all things. And we also know that when we eat this bread and drink this cup, through the body and blood of Jesus, we are given strength to endure. Will you pray with me? God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks, as always, for your word, your word to us, Jesus Christ. We ask that you give us perspective of how you are restoring the world through Christ and strengthen us to endure until the restoration is revealed. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Come to the table.